You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. We're in a series entitled Looking Forward. Did any of you remember? We're in a series entitled Looking Forward. And uh, I do not have the time now. This happens with every series. We're at a place of kind of no return where I really cannot go back and review everything. However, please get the CDs, watch this on the archives, do the podcast, whatever. Um, so many, so many people are, are following by podcast and watching on the archives. We've got people all over the world actually right now joining us by way of the Internet. And this goes out on television. Um, there's a little delay because we edit and then it comes, um, you know, a few weeks out months out. Um, this would be back around. What are we on right now on, on television? Uh, growth. We just started growth, uh, brand new re-editing and everything. So growth is on and, and Alicia and I, and, and we're humbled by this every time humbled by this, but constantly throughout the week, we're meeting people in stores and places and hospitals and everywhere else that don't come to this church at all. Some don't go to church anywhere, but they watch on our broadcast. Amen. And uh, that, is, that is really a wonderful thing. Another reason why we embrace technology so that we can, you know, get this out all over the place. The good news is worth sharing. And it's worth sharing in the right way. Amen. Amen. So, uh, an, it's been a couple of months ago now, I heard this quote by Pastor Brian Houston of the Hillsong church in Australia. I was not in Australia. I was in Lakeland and he was in Lakeland and I heard this quote and it just, uh, articulated for me so many things. It meant so much. And, uh, I believe the Lord used that quote to, to move on me in some ways to help launch this series. And I want to go over this again, because this is very, very important. Our loyalty to our future must be greater than our loyalty to the past. And that's in a whole lot of ways. Go ahead and read that with me. Our loyalty to the future must be greater than our loyalty to the past. And uh, holds a lot of powerful meanings uh, for us. And so I want you to kind of bear that in mind. Again, I cannot go back and and review, but let me launch off of our title uh, as a point of reference here of looking forward. And as you and I look forward into life at times it's scary some of the things that are forecast and different things it it can be a little bit scary also i find at times it is blurry it's like i can't really tell what all that means or, or what things are actually going to look like uh at times it's very intimidating at times it's very exciting and invigorating i don't think god's done Y'all, I said, I don't think God is done. I think he's got a whole lot more that he wants to do in the earth to show himself strong and for uh, his glory to be revealed to every nation on this planet. So that people are really without excuse and they're going to, they're going to see. And I still believe, listen to me, I still believe that God takes us from glory to glory and strength to strength and victory to victory. I still believe that. I said, I still believe that. And he's able to do that. So in that way, I'm invigorated. There's so much good to do. There's so much yet to happen. The kingdom of God is still yet to be expanded in some powerful, wonderful ways. And so I'm invigorated by that. 
And then you look at some other things in a recent survey, and I believe it was posted this week or last week, uh, Pew, Res- Pew Research Council, and they came out with the, uh, some stats on the moral decline of our culture and society. That's, that's disturbing. It's, it's uh, disappointing. And you look at that happening. Why do some people do what they do, think what they think, act like they act? Why would somebody do that to another person? I mean, we see horrible things going on. That's, that's discouraging. Uh, and then the economy. And let me tell you what the economy is going to do. The economy is going to do what the economy has always done. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. It's, y'all, y'all get the point? Do I need to keep going? You got it? It's, it will do that. But the scripture promises us and there will still be commerce. There will still be business. There will still be economy right up until the day. Let me make sure I get this right. That Noah closed the door on the ark. First service, I told him Moses. <laughs> and then I had to kind of backtrack and let him know it was a, it was a timeshare. Some people had no idea there was any, that I had messed it up. But the scripture said, just as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And so right up into the day of the rapture of the church, you can count on it. There's going to be economy. There's going to be commerce. It'll continue to do this stuff. And understand this. It will have ups, but it will have downs. And that's why we're teaching some of the things that we're teaching about today is connected to tomorrow. And what you do today is going to help you deal with tomorrow. Okay. So we got all that going on and, and, and then government and governments and terrorism and all kinds of things are going on in the world. And those things can kind of be overwhelming. And do not think for a moment that in the day of Jesus, in that when he walked the earth, that everything was just hunky dunky and sweet and smooth and all of that. I mean, there was some major stuff going on in the earth. I mean, horrible stuff going on in the earth. It's always been the case since sin entered the world. And so in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus talks about that. And these words can still be heard in our hearts all these years later. Luke 18, 1, then he, he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. You ought to pray. Everybody say pray. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. You ought to pray. You say, I already know how to pray. Hang on with me. You ought to pray and not lose heart. In other words, he's saying pray so, pray so that you don't lose heart, so that you don't quit, so that you don't cave in. Because there are things out there that would cause you to want to cave in or be discouraged. And believers, listen to me, believers, people of God, you need to lift up your eyes. You need to lift up your countenance. You need to not be negative and weighed down. You need to be positive and strong because of the strength of your God with him being your source. Okay. Yeah. There's all kinds of, the Bible even says that, uh, it'll get darker and darker on the earth, deep darkness, but the glory of God's going to be brighter and brighter upon his own. And so it's an important thing to understand. We're going to see in the, in the days to come, there'll be a greater difference in those who are serving God and those that are not. And not so much by their behavior, but yes, I do believe the next move of God, you ready for this? The next move of God is Christians will actually act 
like Christians. I believe that's the next move of God. But not so much the conduct issue, but the fact that God's pleasure and God's blessing and God's protection would be seen upon a group of people. And it'd be noticeable to all that those people are following God. We find a place in scripture where people would come to the children of Israel because God's hand was so strong on them and would hold to the the garment said, we want to hang with you because we know that God is with you. We can see that God is with you. So folks, it's no longer a day to patty cake and just play little Christian thing and show up to church. It's time to cross the line and step on over. And one of the things that's going to make the difference so that you don't get burdened down and weighed down and cave in and want to quit. Jesus said, here's the antidote. Pray, pray. And so we're going to look at some powerful things here this morning concerning this. Now, your future, my future is paved in prayer. Whether you believe it or not, understand it or not, or that's the first time you ever heard that. Just, just so we can get this thought out here. Everybody say, my future is paved in prayer. Now. The road ahead of you, so to speak, as you're on your journey, gets paved as you pray. Now, I've got to keep an eye because I have so much to cover here this morning. When there have been a number of things in my life that I have watched and in this ministry that I have watched that just... How many of you know you like to get on a good, smooth, straight road? And there have been some times in life and ministry that, and I have come to know, and the Lord has made it very plain that those times were because that road, so to speak, was paved ahead of time through prayer. There's also times in life and ministry where we've come to a barricade, so to speak, that the road's not done. Got to slow down. You got to come to a stop or whatever. And I hate that. And so we, we must know this, that your future is paved in prayer. And we've got to get out ahead of ourselves. You've got to pray in order to get there. And what do I mean by there? Not just heaven. I'm talking about the next destination in your life. The next, the next thing that God has for you. The, the next day of your life. The next weeks and months and the next projects and milestones in your life. You gotta, we've got to pray. We've got to pray. Um, I, I'm aware that with this many people, there's different levels of regarding our prayer life. There's some of you that have a, a disciplined, developed prayer life. Some of you have a dusty prayer life. Some of you only pray when things get desperate. It's like, honey, we got to pray. And she says, has it come to that? <laughs> you know, just desperate. Some of you have the, the amazing disappearing prayer life. And what we've got to do though, is all of us lean into this. Prayer is not hard and prayer is powerful. And uh, we're just going to look at some highlights here this morning. Your future is paved in prayer. Prayer sets the future. Prayer sets the future. Now bear with me here. Your now, your now may or may not be desirable. Okay. And, and, and you, you always have overlap. How many of you have some wonderful things in your life and at the same time you got some other things that kind of concern you, bug you, and, and so forth? And so we've got both of those going on. But some of the things in your now may or may not be desirable. And you cannot, now hear this, you cannot change your right now. 
You can't change that. You can't change what is immediate right now. That can't change. But what happens as you move from now into your future through prayer, God begins to move and work and prepare what you're going to walk into. So the absolute immediate, this second right now, nothing's going to change. But as I pray and as I go forward, prayer sets the future. Let me put it to you this way. If this is your your now, right now this is your life. Some of it's desirable, some of it's not desirable. And I'm moving out of my now into my future. It is important that I pray. Because when I pray, God hears and God answers and God moves. He moves on people to do things. He moves on angels to do things. The Holy Spirit does things. He just decrees some things. He releases things that start to come and affect your path. And ultimately to affect your future. Well, you just don't know about the future. Exactly. And that's why we pray. And I'm still a believer, though, that God can work on your path. There's too much scripture for us to forget about this and end up becoming religious and dead and negative and cynical. When he talks about pathways of peace and they cause the high places to become low and the low places to become level and the crooked places to be made straight and the rough places to be made smooth and that he would order our steps and he would direct our way and he would light our path. And I think I said this in Proverbs that all your ways would be paths of pleasantness and peace. Well, you better look around and look at the world. You better look around and look into the word of God. And choose this day who you're going to serve and which way you're going to go. Now, I did not say there would be no problems. I did not say that there would not be adversity and pressure and, and things that happen. But God is the one who makes the difference and the connection to God is through prayer. And as we pray and move out of our now and into our future, then God can be working and preparing and paving that path so that we've got better things ahead. Amen. Now, in Matthew 21, verse 22, it says, And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, watch this, you will receive. That points to the future. Mark eleven twenty four in the Amplified Bible. For this reason, I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. Again, pointing to the future. Don't just wander forward. Don't just, just stumble ahead and whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And, do, and don't just stumble into your future also with this mindset that you're just going to cope or you're going to coexist with all these problems and things in life. You know, don't, don't carry that kind of mindset when you could actually change the path a little bit by way of prayer. I've said it before. Stop viewing your present problems as a permanent fixture in your life. Now, head toward what could be and what should be. And... We know what could, how many of you have some hope for some situations in your life? Or, or you've got a better picture of what could be and what should be. Come on, let me, let me see your hand. Get in on it. You know, maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your health. Whatever it would be. You need to begin to start to see what could be and what should be. 
And we want to get connected to that. And we do that by way of prayer, by faith and prayer in God that he can connect us with this. But the thing is, we don't always know how to get there. And so we can ask him how to get there because he knows. Now, follow me in Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. I'm going to read out of four translations really, really quick. The Lord says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. How many of you know there's some things I do not know? Well, how are you going to get shown these things that you do not know? You call to him. In the New Living Translation, it says, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. In the Message Bible, call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you marvelous and wonderful things that you could never figure out on your own. And in the Amplified Bible, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. And so this is, this is the thing you need to know. Revelation and prayer are linked. Revelation and prayer are linked, not just information. We need more than information. We need revelation. What is revelation? Revelation is something that God would show you, something that God would reveal you to you. I remember in elementary school that I caught two big locusts. And you say, those weren't locusts. Those were Georgia grasshoppers or whatever. You listen to me. They were locusts. Biggest, nastiest ones ever. And I caught them and I put them in a big Folgers coffee can. How many of those smelt good? Poked some holes in the little plastic lid on top. Took those to school. And the teacher said, what do you have there, Timmy? Hey. I got locusts. Well, you know what? Nobody could see them. Unless I revealed them. And I revealed them. Everybody saw. But it means literally to uncover. To uncover. And listen to me. There's some things that you and I do not know that we need to know that God does know. And he wants to reveal it to us. And he'll reveal it to us if we'll call to him. He said, I can't wait to show these things to you. To help you along your way. Now, when we pray, we want results. How many of you, when you pray, you want, I want results. Understand this. Please get a hold of this. When you pray, there will be results. But sometimes the results are something happens. Something changes. Something moves. Something is provided. Something stops. Something starts. Something happens. But there's also something else. Sometimes something is revealed. And a lot of times I've talked to people before. They don't think that their prayer got answered because they did not see something happen. When in fact, maybe something did not happen, but something was revealed. And this is the thing. Sometimes it's the hand of God. Sometimes it's the mind of God. And we need both. And God knows when to show his hand or to reveal his mind in your situation. I've had some situations like, now, how do you deal with this? How, how do you continue with this? And as you pray, God did not change the situation, but God revealed something to you to let you know there's no power in this situation. This is not something to fear. 
This will work out. And revealed himself as even being more and more strong. This is what you do. And you know what? What I thought was a problem and what I wanted God to fix and move and change and all that. All he needed to do is, let me show you what this really is. And let him reveal something to you. And that's way better than information. Revelation. Y'all still here? And you need to pay attention to that. Because sometimes it's the hand of God. Sometimes it's the mind of God. Prayer invades the impossible. Prayer, are y'all here? Prayer invades the impossible. Because you see, through power or revelation, prayer invades the impossible. Because there is nothing that God cannot do, and there's nothing that God does not know. So, he knows everything, he can do everything, so whatever it would be is not a problem for him. So by prayer, then we get God to move and it invades the impossible in our life. He even, and listen to me, nothing is a problem. When you get God on board, it's no longer a problem. You know, if I'm having car problems and then you've got your best friend as a master mechanic, without him, I got a problem. With him, it's getting fixed. You hear what I'm saying? Nothing is a problem for God. He even said in all, in three of the four gospels, Jesus, Jesus even said this. He said, pray so that you don't give in to temptation. And part of what you're dealing with, all of us are dealing with off and on throughout the week is temptation. And Jesus said, you could pray and I'll give you the power or the revelation, one or the other, so that you don't have to give in to temptation. Isn't that an awesome thing? Wish y'all were here for this message. (laughs) Luke chapter 18, verse 1 again. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. The word for pray there, the Greek word, break it down just a little bit. It's used 127 times in the New Testament. It's the most common word for prayer. And it's proshutchumai. Proshutchumai. And we're just going to look at the first two parts of this because they really mean something here. The, the prefix there, pros, P-R-O-S, it has to do with toward, near, to come, up front, face to face. The second word is euk. Everybody say euk. E-U-C-H-E. And it means to pray, to wish, to ask. Uh, and when you put the two together then... What it really means is personal contact with God. It means that you would come near to God so that you could pray. Now get this. Not just throw up a prayer, but come near to God to pray. Are you following me? Personal contact. Come near to God to pray. And as we come near to Him then, the primary thing becomes His presence. The secondary thing becomes your request, your problem. And God wants it in that order that you're coming to him, that you draw near to him, that you come face to face with him, that you have personal contact with him. And that's the word that Jesus is using here so that you don't lose heart, so that you don't faint, so that you don't over get overwhelmed with all that's going on. You need to come close to God and pray. You need personal contact with God and that's going to help you now. The, the word, the two words lose heart. Lose heart is just one word in the Greek. 
And it's inkenke. Inkenke. And it means to become discouraged, lose enthusiasm, and watch this, and become afraid. When you lose enthusiasm, you become afraid. I, I can remember going to the city pool as a kid during summer vacation. And all the way buzzing and telling my buddy, man, I'm climbing up that high diving board. I'm on it, man. I'm going to flip. I'm going to do this. (laughs) Enthusiasm and a lot of big talk. And then you get there and then you see that thing. And you're a little skinny kid with a crew cut. And I get up about six steps up and you know what? I'm losing my enthusiasm. And when you lose your enthusiasm, then you start to become afraid. Or I can remember getting up in the batter's box playing baseball and you're up there and you're ready. I'm going to knock this thing out of here. You ain't seen a hitter till you've seen knocking. There's not, you don't even have cleats and you're knocking stuff out of your cleats. You get hit with a ball and suddenly you lose some of your enthusiasm and you become afraid. And they're, you know, take one for the team. You go, you take one for the team. This word also means this, to lose one's motivation to continue. And we're talking about looking forward. And there's so many things that would press against you and try to rob you of your nerve and cause you to kind of lose heart. And Jesus said, what you've got to do so that you don't lose your motivation to keep, to continue and to keep moving forward is you need to pray. You need to come close to God. You need to connect with God, personal contact with God and pray. Pray so that you don't lose heart. Pray so that you don't quit. Now, in Philippians chapter four, verse six and verse seven, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, oh, y'all better get with me. Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Then, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, prayer, when we pray, prayer is a place of exchange. Everybody say exchange. You take your problem, you take your burden... You take your fear and you come close to God. Stay with me now. We go to God with this. And in that place of prayer, that place of prayer is also a place of exchange where I give him my problem. I give him my concern, my fear. I give that to him. Exchange takes place. And we just read in Philippians that in exchange, he gives me peace. Come on, everybody say peace. He gives me peace. And that's the kind of exchange that we need. Now, you'd say, peace? I wanted change. I wanted some action. I wanted them out of here. I wanted this fixed. I needed this to come. You're talking peace? Remember that prayer sets your future. And what peace is, let me tell you what peace is. Peace is God's deposit It's the surety, it's the guarantee that he puts on you now as the guarantee that I am working on your future. Do you get that? I want to go over that one more time. Hold on. 
I got all these problems, all these situations, all these kind of things. And you need to go to the place of prayer. Get with God. Get close to him. Pray. Personal contact with him. The exchange takes place and you receive peace for those things. Nothing has changed yet. But God gave you the deposit. He gave you the claim slip. He gave you the guarantee. He gave you the policy to let you know. I'm putting peace on you now. As a deposit to let you know that I am working on your next step and your next step and your next step and your next step. And I'm going to perfect what concerns you. Let me illustrate this for you. And I am not advertising for anybody. Okay. I'm not advertising. If you go to the mall or you go to a store and you go shopping. An exchange takes place. You go into the store and you find something that you want or something that you need. How many of you know I, I really need it? We just take our kids to Toys R Us and go, I need this. And so you go in there and an exchange takes place. Now stay with me. Follow this. An exchange takes place. You give them your money and they give you something and you walk out of there. And this is a symbol of your exchange. And when you come out, people would be able to say... I know where you've been. Okay. And then you go into another store and you make exchange. You give your money, you get something that you needed or wanted. And you come out having, and this again is the symbol of the exchange. And someone could say, I know where you've been. And then with God, we go in with our problems and our burdens and we make an exchange and we come out. I made this myself. And you got all these problems, still got them. But somebody could say, I know where you've been. And you know what? Or you don't come out with this. And a little dab of do you. You only need a little, little, little one of these. I probably look pretty ridiculous, but I make it, I'm making a point. This is better than going to uh, Fret City or the Worry Emporium or some other weird place and say, yeah, I know where you've been. You know, the problems I got and uh, nobody knows. You just go going on with all your stuff. Or you can go to the place of prayer and a place of exchange and God gives you peace as a deposit and you'll know where you've been and they'll know where you've been. And this will get you to where you're going. Amen. Just set that up right there. Now, let me finish up real quick. I knew that I would be running close on time. I'm going to hit these lightning fast. So what do we do? What do we do? Pastor, I got problems. I got situations. I got more than one problem. I got eight problems. I got other people that don't like me and I got this and this and this. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You're going to pray. You're going to pray. And so let's just go through this. This is what you do. First of all, you just got to get it going. Do it. Everybody say, do it. You got, you got to do it. You got to pray. I've taught this for years. The biggest problem with praying is we don't. 
James 4, 2 says you do not have because you do not ask. So the first thing you've got to do, stop thinking about it. Stop worrying about it. Stop just filling out a prayer request card for somebody else. In the book of James, it says, if you're troubled, you're suffering, you pray. It's wonderful to have other people to pray for you. I'm not discounting that. You need to get that as well. But I'm telling you, pray. What do you do? Just do it. Just start. Pray. Second thing is connect. Everybody say connect. This is vital here because a lot of times we just want to rush in. But the, the way this is in the, in the Greek and the way Jesus said to do this, you've got to come near to God. Come near to God where he becomes primary and your requests become secondary and that you can have personal contact with God about your situation. You've got to connect. Stop throwing up mindless, heartless prayers. You've got to connect. And what this is going to involve is that you slow down and that you settle down. And that you focus. Psychologists tell us that it takes about 11 minutes to clear your mind. And you're not giving God any time. School teachers will tell you. They don't want kids after they just got back from recess. Trying to teach them something. The kids are like. (sighs) Just all wired up. And you're trying to go into God. Also, yeah, God, I got a whole bunch of stuff. (sighs) Fix it. And you need to slow down and settle down. And here's the other thing. People say, well, I I tried to pray. I tried to connect. How long were you there? It seemed like an eternity. If you timed it, it it's probably about 31 seconds. Because you've got to get through this veil, this curtain of your flesh and your emotion. I've told you about times I was trying to really develop a, a prayer life. And I've got to develop prayer life. And it's continuing now. But years ago, early in the ministry, I was trying to get before God is down on my knees in my office. You know, I'm a youth pastor up North Carolina. I'm going to pray an hour and I'm down on the floor and I look up under the desk and there's a little spider web and a spider. And I say, Don't laugh at me. You, you, you try. And you just got to settle in and focus. And I'll tell you a wonderful way to connect with God is to start to worship him. What do you mean worship him? Start to tell him who he is, how great he is. God, you're wonderful and you're bigger than Niagara Falls and you're bigger than my problem. And there's nothing that you do not know and there's nothing that you cannot do. And I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I'm meeting with you and take the time and worship him and do that. Thirdly, ask. Everybody say ask and ask with confidence because he's the one invited you. He said, come and ask. Come and ask. I'm going to do great things for you. You come and ask and, I, and I'll do those things. So ask. Fourthly, expect. Everybody say expect. You've got to expect that when you call, he hears. And you don't have to have special goosebumps or tears to well up or some kind of euphoric. You know, to come on you. You just need to expect and you need to know that when you call, God hears and God answers. In Psalm 4, verse 3 in the New Living, it says, You can be sure of this. The Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call. Everybody say this. He hears when I call. Say again. He hears when I call. And you need to know that when you call, he hears. And he's promising when I hear, I'm going to answer. And he's going to move on your behalf. Number five, and this is huge. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Well, he hadn't done anything yet, but do you expect that he will? And faith says, oh, I need to teach everybody this again. Faith says, thank you. You're going to go to, a, to a lunch today, be it at a restaurant or home or whatever. And somebody, okay, I'll get that for you. And if you have any manners about you at all, 
you thank them. Well, I don't have it yet. I thank them when I ask them for it. And I thank them when they bring it. And you need to thank God when you ask for it. And you need to thank him before he brings it. And never be surprised. Always be amazed. And forever be grateful. And then lastly, act. Everybody say act. I find that a lot of times when you ask God something, when you pray about something, God will give you something to do. And so make sure that you take it and you act on that. Prayer can change anything. Prayer can change anything. The impossible does not exist. His is the power. Ours is the prayer. And the Holy Spirit will even help you to pray. We're going to talk about that more on Wednesday night. The Holy Spirit will even help you to pray. We're talking about looking forward. And I want you to know that you can look forward without fear. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that we're going to have to... Listen, listen, listen. It's all kinds of crazy stuff we're going to have to navigate through in the, in the days to come. As you look forward, we can see all kinds of things on the horizon. But we're not going to walk into that with fear. You're the people of God. Oh, read the Bible, read history. You're the people of God. And we're not going to walk into it in fear. We're going to walk into it with peace. We're going to walk into it with his shield, his covering, with the army of, he's the Lord of hosts. That's the Lord of armies. He's a heavenly host. If it takes that to take care of something for you, God will call out the troops. He can also take a worm and thrash a mountain and beat it small. God knows what to do. He knows how to do it. And we need to hook up with him and not cave in or quit. But pray so that you don't lose heart. And we can walk into our tomorrow with peace that guards our hearts and minds. You get anything at all out of this today. Thank you, Lord.